0: Today, I discuss how the tragic death of Ruth Perry should bring about a global re-evaluation of school inspections and lead us to a more compassionate and reflective system for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Shane Leaning. Welcome back to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I'm an organizational coach and in this show, I learn with the teachers, leaders and innovators making a difference around the world. And every other week I share bite-sized strategies to support your leadership, and that's what this episode is about. Now you'll have just noticed I didn't open with the usual music, and that's because what's on a lot of people's minds this week, especially from the UK, there's been an inquest into the death of a headteacher in the UK, Ruth Perry, and that's revealed deeply concerning details about the circumstances leading up to her passing. Sadly, Ruth Perry, who was 53, died by suicide. And she was the head teacher of a primary school in Reading in the UK. Now, the inquest that just happened, I actually heard that Ofsted, the inspection body for UK schools, played a significant role in her death when they downgraded her school in their grading system from an outstanding to inadequate, which is the lowest possible rating in the UK. And during this inquest, witnesses described the inspection process of lacking in empathy, lacking in kindness and compassion. The inquest heard about how the way Ofsted inspectors conducted themselves was unpleasant and how Ruth Perry became increasingly upset during those meetings. Many witnesses affirmed that they believed there was a link between the Ofsted inspection and Ruth's mental health deterioration and subsequent death. Now what this case does is it really brings into sharp focus the fact that inspection processes can have huge impact on the mental health of education leaders. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about inspections because although we're in international schools, so we're not necessarily in the UK system, many of our schools still come under some sort of quality assurance process. Whether that's because your school is owned by a group, whether that's because you sign up to an accreditation body, or even just within your own school, how you lead the quality assurance processes. So let's jump in. When I say quality assurance, what comes to mind? Now hopefully, it's, it's the good things about quality assurance. We're trying to do exactly what it says on the Tim. We're trying to assure the quality of the education in our schools. We all want the education to be the best it can be. For students to make the outcomes that they deserve. So of course we must have mechanisms in place to assure that that happens and to ensure that if it's not happening for whatever reason that corrective action can be made to help it happen. Yet interestingly the practices in many of our inspection systems, even the word inspection conjures up a lot of negative imagery, but there are still so many organizations or schools that employ a very traditional approach, which is surprising really when you think we're in education and these kind of approaches of say grading, rating, final judgments is what we're moving away from in education. We talk a lot about formative assessment, helpful feedback, yet in the case in the UK, we've still got a system that is very, Judgment based, which still includes those controversial gradings. The good thing is, many organizations across the world have really flipped this thinking upside down. I've actually got a brilliant episode coming up next week with Cindy Adair from Bangkok Patina School, where she explains some of the amazing work they've done with flipping their performance management system into an entirely teacher centered and teacher development-led approach. So come back next week to have a look at that. But the idea of a shift in the way we quality assure is nothing new. In fact, a few years ago, I remember reading um, a paper by John McBeath called A New Relationship with Schools Inspection and Self-Evaluation, in which he actually discussed the evolving relationship between school inspections and self-evaluation in the UK. And he emphasized a shift from these traditional methods towards a model that values self-evaluation and internal assessments in schools, which is interesting because this has been a model in schools that I've worked with and organizations I've worked with. These are the tools that they've used. And I think self-evaluation can be a great start. In McBeath's paper, he actually talks about the importance of school self Assessment processes so that they understand their own strengths and weaknesses first. Now, he also talks about changing inspection models, moving towards shorter, more focused inspections, more closely linked to that that's already been identified in a self evaluation. He talks about empowering schools to take ownership of their evaluation processes. So that's moving away from a top down approach and also about balancing accountability and improvement. So striving for that balance where self-evaluation is not solely for accountability, but it's for genuine school improvement. I think self-evaluation is where we should be leaning on. It allows schools to take ownership of their own strategies, and in my view, also means that they're constantly moving towards quality, which is the aim in the end. This is the ironic thing about judgments. A judgment in itself does not improve a school. It just labels them. Formative feedback gives a next step. And yes, that next step might not move the dial really quickly from a very low functioning school to a really high, amazing, outstanding practice. It might not move the dial really fast, but it does ensure it's realistic next steps. Whereas a grade, well, I don't have to tell you the type of damage it can do. For me, working as an organizational development coach, I also see coaching as a really great place to begin when you bring in self-reflection. So self-reflection is not just go what you've done well and what do you need to improve, but it should be some kind of structure. That structure can look like many things, but many organizations might start with a focus on what's your purpose? How are you achieving your purpose? How well do you know you're achieving that? What did you do? How well do you do it? And what difference is it making? That's a very common framework. And there's a lot of brilliant frameworks out there. I really recommend you reading some of the work of Vivian Robinson, who has some great frameworks on how to look at school improvement and specifically measure the impact of what you do. But I think coaching can really help unlock these conversations. And I've seen many international schools use self evaluations in such a transformative way. Yes, they can become a tick box activity. I've seen that happen many times. But when used right, and especially when paired up with a coach, they can be transformative in their power. I've seen schools who've really identified their core purpose that needs working on, or really identified some of those things that are challenging them. And, work, and it, it's a prompt, if there's a self-evaluation process, to work with their whole school team as a leader in coming up with what's happening, how do they know, making sure it's evidence-based. And that's where a role of a coach can really help to interrogate how well the evidence is supporting what they're saying, and then to drive towards next step themselves. It's the same kind of thing. Someone else is working with the school to make it better. Also, the great thing about this is that schools that are doing well can still make great next steps and improvements. And they're treated the same as the schools who've got a lot more actions that need to make, because everyone is trying to get better. Now, self-assessment isn't without its challenges. It would be naive to just jump in and go, hey, we'll just switch to self-assessing ourselves and we could even revolutionize our whole industry of schools through self-assessment. Of course, there's challenges. I can think of three particular challenges. One is that cultural or that mindset shift. Traditional assessment methods, for example, often emphasize external evaluations. And when you're transitioning to a model where self-evaluation is more valued, It really does require a significant change in mindset for educators in those schools. And it would need a redefinition of the perceptions of what assessment means, where maybe the focus isn't just on measuring performance, but actually facilitating growth. That might be a big cultural shift in your setting. So it requires a bit of a systemic change in attitudes and practices to ensure that all stakeholders around the school or around the institution, really appreciate the importance and the benefits of that self assessment. Secondly, I would say comes down to consistency and fairness. You know, implementing self assessment effectively requires substantial training and development because those teachers and those leaders who are delivering this self assessment need to be skilled in designing, guiding, and interpreting what they find as part of that self assessment. And also, maintaining that consistency and fairness about what they're assessing across different schools or even within a school across different department poses a real challenge. So it's essential therefore to develop some kind of standardized approach to the self-assessment process, which would provide a bit more of a reliable and meaningful insight into the practice. Now, of course, that standardization is where we have to be careful that it balances with flexibility to cater to those individual school needs and contexts. No more important is that than in international schools, which are spread in multiple contexts around the world. And third is, is about balancing accountability with improvement. There's a dual purpose, right? There's accountability. Of course, there's an accountability part to it, but We've got to work out where the accountability falls. And my argument would be the accountability falls on improvement, not on the final judgment or grade. What are you doing to get better? Do you know yourself well? Have you identified what you need to do? And are you doing something about it? I think that's perfectly fine to be accountable. But it can't just be a tool for accountability. It should genuinely contribute to their movement in their own education organization. I've seen a lot of schools who engage with even a self-evaluation style of quality assurance, just to still tick the box. They're seeing it as an accountability exercise. But the schools that get real value are the ones that lean in and see it as a genuinely developmental exercise. That again requires those schools and the leaders who are taking part in that to understand the purpose, recognize the value in the journey. And to be motivated to participate actively in that kind of process. So, look, there's plenty of frameworks. And in a future episode, I'd love to explore some of those frameworks. But I didn't want to explore too much in this episode because next week with Cindy, I think there's a model that you're going to find pretty interesting there. But for now, I guess a call to action, certainly for me, based on the tragic case of Ruth Perry, would be to. Reflect on our current practices as a whole and really consider is it working? If it's judgment based, whether that's at the whole school level, whether that's at department level, teacher level, or student level, is it working? And if it's working in one sense, is it looking after and supporting the well being of all stakeholders involved? I'd be really interested to hear your stories about this. What does quality assurance look like in your international school setting? I'd love you to get in touch. So please ping me an email at shane at shaneleaning.com or contact me on X. I'm there with my handle is at Leaning Shane. On that note, I've actually also set up a community on X. So if you go to my profile, you'll see the Global Ed Leaders official community right at the top of the page. So this would be a perfect chance to discuss this topic with colleagues from other international schools around the world so that we as a collective can come up with some solutions together to school inspection and school quality assurance. Thanks for listening in today. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning, and all the links mentioned in the show can be found in the show notes. As always, if we don't speak before, I'll see you here next week.